in the Pattern Podcast. Make left traffic, clear for the option. Minneapolis departure, Archer 641, Charlie, Charlie, 2000, climbing 3000. Line up and wait, 7 range, more Mike Alvin. Mark Tower, 172, Romeo Hotel, hold the on the 133, ready to take off. I'm John. I'm Chris. I'm Brad. And I'm Mark. And we are the In the Pattern Podcast. Welcome to the In the Pattern Podcast. This is Chris, episode 87. And uh, tonight we've got the whole gang here with us uh, Mark, John, and Brad. Welcome, guys. How are you doing? Hello, hello. Hey. Smoking. <laughs> Smoke them if you got them. A whole country's worth. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Brad is under the uh, crusty veil of uh, Canada's uh, smokeout session they're currently having. Yep. The METAR at Crystal is sky clear, uh, visibility one and a half miles, IFR. That would be not fun. I. It, Although although the conditions might be great for practicing IFR, I don't want to be up there breathing it, to be honest with you. I don't know how the uh, filtration system is on the planes, but probably not great. There isn't one. No, right. it's just a tube. It mm-hmm. filters out bird guts, but that's about it. <laughs> for those of us that have flown in the California West Coast fires, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have uh, we'll have our fair share of, uh, of summer forest fires. Uh, coming pretty soon i i was just up in uh payson last weekend and i was surprised i didn't see water bombers sitting on the uh sitting on the uh, ramp up there because they're it's, they're typically stationed up there but this time of year quite often <clears throat> but not so far no water bombers no helicopters for water bombing so that's a good sign i guess it's uh not happening here they got enough to do up by up in canada so hopefully they get that stuff knocked out sooner than later i, I don't know what really the uh, the latest news on it is if they're getting a handle on it or what. I don't think any progress is happening. I know that a that a wildfire broke out in the Boundary Waters in northern Minnesota, which is just adding to the fun. Mm. Yeah, the videos and pictures I've seen online is it's pretty disgusting. John, you ran through it. You were talking about earlier uh, when you went to DC. Yeah, I had uh, the two days I was going into the office in D.C. was when it was just really bad here, especially uh, actually it was that half that week. I think it was like Wednesday through Friday a week ago. And Thursday was just incredible how just orangey and covered everything was. And then a friend came through, thankfully, just in time for us to go to Hershey Park on Saturday. So (laughs) we didn't have to worry about air quality while we were at the. At the theme park, thankfully. Well, I see some uh, snow, or not snow, um, uh, clouds, rain, and stuff like that on the uh, weather uh, up up in uh, Edmonton and Saskatchewan. And but I think all I think the majority of that fire stuff is is further to the east of that. But I'm not 100 percent sure on my geography as far as that northern part. So maybe I don't know. Maybe some rain will. We'll get lucky and help us out there. Uh, so what's going on? What's going on, man? Um, there's been some 
all kinds of strange stuff going on in aviation recently that I've just kind of followed and saw. Like, did you guys see like uh, during Sun and Fun, one of the Aeroshell T6s did a ground loop uh, while landing, tore off, uh, what was it, tore off one of the um, main wheels, I think it was? I did not see that, no. No. Uh, so I was wondering if it's uh, up and up and running again by now. I'm sure they got plenty of spare parts and stuff, but uh, yeah, I'll have to send you guys over the over a link for that or something. Yeah, it was uh, not a not a not a pretty sight. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I saw the B-17s maybe all permanently grounded. Oh was- yeah. There's an air readiness the directive because of the wing spar. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Hopefully they get something sorted out around that, about that real soon. Because the uh, the one. Yeah. Here I'll I'll send you. Here's a here's a link from Aviation Safety. Yeah. It said. Uh, said uh, the AT6G uh, Texan suffered a ground loop and sustained uh, substantial wing damage while landing at the Sun and Fun Expo Campus 2023 at Lakeland Lender International Airport. Uh, no injuries. Unconfirmed reports suggest that a steering cable broke during landing. That'll wreck your whole day. If you scroll down, you can see it's just uh, the one of the mains is just crumpled underneath of it. Of course, that made it land or or crunch down on that uh wing on the left side so hopefully it didn't do uh any structural spar damage to where they got to replace wings but i don't know that's a lot of weight sitting over there we will soon see i suppose it's it was it's that white one isn't that the you know how there's let's see all of them are painted the same and then then there's one that's white I don't know if that's like a solo or whatever. Can't remember. I know I've seen it. I don't remember what that was for, though. Yeah, so that sucks for those guys. I I don't know. I I don't I don't follow them real closely to find out about what their schedules are, and and I'm sure they've had other shows since, um, since Sun and Fun. So we will see soon as Osh is uh, quickly quickly coming. So. Looking, looking for him there. Do they have a spare or anything like that? A, an N plus one? Gosh, I, I, I kind of feel. I don't know about their inventory per se, but when they do, when they do fly, I feel like the whole group is gone, including, or I mean, all of them are gone at the same time. Um, like there isn't an extra one sitting on the ground. And I'm, I bet you I can figure this out just by quickly looking at a couple of Oshkosh photos that I have of, uh, of their routine and I'd be able to see them all. But yeah, I don't feel like they're all sitting on the ground. Um, oh, this is a, I'm looking at some Osh photos now and I'm looking at that white one that I was talking about. And it is different because this one in the pic and the one that, uh, that I linked that I sent you had uh, red on it and this one's all white. So it's white with the checkerboard, uh, around the, um, a little bit different. That's the one I was thinking that was like their, 
special one. I don't know if it's like their one de designated for solos or whatever instead of doing part of the formation. But but their routine is mainly all formation anyways, honestly. Yeah, you'd think they'd break down enough that they'd need to keep some in reserve, but maybe not. Yeah. I bet you they got a, a nice parts warehouse inventory as 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 much flying as those guys do. And luckily the T6 is not the most uncommon warbird uh out there. So I'm sure they can find spare parts when they need them unlike some of the other ones, but uh hopefully all the guys are doing well with that team and and they've got that one all uh mended back together and it's back in airworthy status. Um, and talking about uh, some other like it's kind of incident things. Um, so a few weeks ago, I saw where the there's a C-123 Thunder Pig, uh, which is which looks like a C-130 but with two engines instead of four, so kind of a scaled down C-130 looking cargo plane. That's the Con Airbird. Right, you're right. That's where that that's where I would you'd recognize that from. Um, it's coming, it's coming to Oshkosh and I hadn't seen one of those before, but it was at another air show recently and it dang near ground looped. It, uh, it landed in a little bit of a crosswind and, uh, um, yeah, it was, it was digging up hard in the dirt. It almost looked like the wingtip was going to strike or prop was going to strike or something, but he got it out and, and was able to taxi off under his own power and, no harm, no foul. It was just, uh, it was just, uh, I don't know if it was a gusty condition or what, but, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly, exactly pretty, but, uh, luckily no, no damage, uh, looked like it w was done to it. And, uh, uh, with, uh, fingers crossed, if all goes well, we'll see it soon. That's scary. I, I, I thought I just read somewhere that that's the only one flying. Yeah, that's, that was the other kind of special thing about it. Um, I, I, um, you, you know, the, the movie that actually, um, reminds me of it is, uh, is American Made with Tom Cruise. He, <laughs> he had, uh, he was using one of those towards the end. Oh, and, that's uh, right. Or I should say Barry Seal was, <laughs> uh, oh, here it is. Uh, it's funny because the video says amazing skilled pilot lands C-123 in heavy crosswind. Um, now, I was a little bit, um, I don't know. I, I don't want to, I was Monday morning quarterback in it. And I just kind of mentioned, I said, so the title of this video is amazing skilled pilot lands C-123 in heavy crosswind. The funny thing about it is that as he's coming into land, you see this like little bird dog taxing with no issue, right? You know, kind of perpendicular to it. <laughs> like it was no big deal whatsoever. And an even more skilled pilot taxiing. <laughs> yeah. And we got, and I said, now based on my limited hours landing a C-123, but my incredible ability to Monday morning quarterback this uh, with hindsight and an outside view of what's going on, I got I have to ask, uh, why weren't his ailerons into the wind? as he landed and kept them there on rollout. Um, I did a kind of a screenshot and a 25% slow um, speed playback. And you never see 
his outboard wing with the aileron up, keeping that wing down. So I'm just glad that it's not in multiple pieces because it, it, it was a little bit ugly. That was just my two cents. Uh, what else? Would, oh, uh, the other the other uh, cool airplane that's uh, coming to Osh along with that gu- with with that Thunder Pig is the um, is the NASA Super Guppy. That great big uh, turbine. Oh, that'll be cool. That yeah. enormous, <laughs> whatever <laughs> fuselage plane. Yeah, Super Guppy's wild looking. Uh, it flies in here to in here to Phoenix occasionally out to Mesa Gateway and picks up stuff um, and takes off uh, for the military uh, occasionally. It, uh, people uh, post photos of it that they see it out there. It it just doesn't seem like it should fly. Oh, that is pushing air, man. That is not slipping through air at all. That is literally shoving air out of the way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it can fly. It's just a question of can it turn <laughs> <laughs> with enough horsepower. Anything can fly, I guess, I guess right? right? And thrust we trust. I'm just amazed the rudder gets anything, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the whole fuselage in the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Thankfully, Didn't they? Aren't there two? Super isn't guppies? That, isn't that the no? The didn't they put two tails on it, twin boom, no. or is that just for the space shuttle? That was the space shuttle. Okay, yeah. but that's probably because the space shuttle has its own rudder, <laughs> right? <laughs> not not that that thing generates much lift, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think they said it. It uh, glides like a brick, flying brick on approach. Yep. I think that was... Uh, you ever play that iPad game where you could like land the space shuttle? That was uh, very hard and I've fun. S- I've seen it. Did you use the gyroscopes in the iPad in order to do it, or was it uh, um, like by tilting? Yeah. To fly I think it? it was before they had any like controllers or anything, but yeah, I was just tilting it. I know it took me a long, a lot of tries to even like really even land it. <laughs> and they're giving you like a lot of help. And it's probably not even like that accurate, but. <laughs> um, what else been going on? Oh, uh, John, you got to hear a sonic boom recently. Yep. <laughs> that we did. The old sonic boom. That was, uh. It was interesting because, like, we're in the house and I think it was Sunday. So, like, we were just kind of hanging out or whatever. And I think I was, like, feeding the kid or something. And I hear it and I'm like, that's odd. I didn't think there was going to be thunder today. I'm looking at the radar. I'm like, there's nothing around here. Like, what the heck was that? (laughs) And then, you know, it's funny because you you go on any social media, like, either, like, the Facebook groups for the neighborhood or next door or anything oh and next it just door starts going crazy everyone's like what was that explosion yeah and and so Wonder my wife attack. has my wife has one of those apps like pulse point or whatever that like just basically monitors the uh you know police and fire channels and so it pops up that there's like three explosions in annapolis uh. and i'm like Okay, interesting. Like, I wonder if if it's just, like, one explosion and they're just, like, it's the people who called it in and those are the addresses that they're putting into the the app or whatever. Because eventually one of them, like, disappears. And after, like, 15 minutes of this, I'm like, this wasn't an explosion because you would have had pictures and known exactly where it was by now. Like, 
it's it's something else happening. I'm like, I bet it's a sonic boom. And then I'm starting to like look look for that. And it was it was kind of like maybe 20 minutes later you start seeing people kind of talk about it. And they attributed it to the wrong planes at first. They were saying it was like International Guard out of like Jersey or something, but I think it was another group, but um yeah, it was really funny to see that unfold and everyone freak out like what is going on. Then you start seeing reports from like Virginia and it's like, "Okay, this is interesting." <laughs> yeah. Well, um, some of the reporting starting with, oh, you know, there was a plane flying over D.C. and they're not allowed. Well, I mean, he was 20,000 feet above. He was well out of the Sifra. <laughs> yeah, well out of the Sifra. It wasn't because he was flying over D.C. That literally had nothing to do with it, if you really well, think about it. Because planes fly over D.C. at 30,000, 40,000 feet without problem. And no pro- he just wasn't I mean, communicating. It, the, well, and that's they wasn't communicating above D.C., yeah. So it still had something to do with DC. It was just well, not sure. like, you know, in that regard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause they're definitely like, you read all the reports and it was like, well, Biden was aware, you know, who knows where he was and what they were doing with him at the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was uh, very interesting. Cause it just oh. sounded like thunder from here, but we're kind of a little further away. We were like a little more on the outskirts. I think of where the sound came. I mean, I hear people in DC said it was like, shaking their entire house oh i imagine the closer you were, were to where they took off from and obviously we're talking about the cessna citation crash uh with the uh are we going with unconscious pilot that that yeah they saw him slumped over yeah uh and and so does that does that eliminate the fact that uh, it was a depressurization issue because they would have been iced up and wouldn't have been able to see him if that was the case? I don't know. Cause that's what would happen with like Payne Stewart, for example, when mm-hmm. I don't think that that's been eliminated yet. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure there are certain conditions where that might not happen too. Cause that has probably has a lot to do with, um, you know, uh, moisture in the air and stuff like that. I think I heard that, like, what was it? Somewhere around after 30 minutes after takeoff from wherever he took off from, they they didn't have any more comms with him. And the plane was just on autopilot doing its thing. Well, because it reached, it reached New York and then basically turned around and just. Yeah, because it didn't have a descent profile to do do anything else, right? (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean. So sad sad. for the family. Um, Mm -hmm. Um, and interesting to just kind of see the <laughs> public in action jump on to, yeah, everything from explosions <laughs> in Annapolis to, you know, who knows what. Yeah. I mean, I'm just glad that like, I mean, it, you know, for those on the plane, that's, it's awful, but at least like it landed in the middle of nowhere because around yeah. here it's oh, right. very easy to run and and land anywhere in a very densely populated area so it's 100%. very lucky that it didn't land anywhere else around here <laughs> yeah you're because right because it could have been so much worse um yeah and that's the reason why they, you know they had to send those F16s up obviously yeah um, to take care and of that's the reason why they had to shoot it down either cuz yeah can't have that yeah and but. and 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 if you're thinking about it in the sense that, well, maybe it was a depressurization and they were all asleep because it's not like someone from the front got up and went to – or someone in the back got up and went to the front and go, oh, my gosh, my you know pilot, which was a family member, the dad, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken, 
um, you know, slumped over, incapacitated, whatever. Let me put the headset on and and try and talk. Like there was no communication. Period. Um, even if and now here's the problem with that too. Also, right, the last frequency that that plane would have been on would have been hundreds or a thousand miles away from wherever he last transmitted from, probably. So chances are you wouldn't have been hearing hearing or talking to anybody anyways, even if you did do that. So lots of what ifs. Lots of what ifs. Sure, we'll we'll hear more about this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was uh sad and, and very weird mm-hmm. <laughs> at the same time. For sure. For sure. Um what else what else going on here? Oh man, I uh I was just looking back through some of our texts and as I saw your uh your pictures again, Brad, uh tell us about the uh the icon. Yeah. Um so one day we got uh Michelle and I both got a, a flyer in the mail saying, Hey, do you want to demo fly? an icon a five, they're going to be in town in May on a Saturday and, uh, you know, basically email this address and let us know. And so we sent out a message and set up a time to fly and, uh, uh, got an opportunity. They, a bunch of them, it was quite a little crew. They had uh, a couple of pilots. They had, uh, somebody kind of arranging the schedule. They had an A and P. Um, probably four or five people. They rented a, a lakefront house on Lake Minnetonka, just a few miles from from my house, <laughs> and uh, they were they were doing demo rides. And so we showed up, and uh, the plane came in from the previous ride, and I got on, and uh, with a with a pilot, and we went out. Uh, taxied out on the on the water and flew it around. It is uh, it's a heck of a a fun plane. Um, you know they the pilot the te- the demo pilot demonstrated the some of the it was very safety oriented. So he demonstrated that you know you can you can't really get the wings into the water. Like there just isn't enough aileron. Oh. Um, to be able to to drop a wing into the water, uh, it's very stable. You know, you could push the rudder over while you were at a high speed taxi, and it would just kind of slide sideways uh, over the water. And you know, part of the the hull design keeps the the wing tips out of the water. It's it's really nice and very gentle and easy uh, to maneuver on the water itself. Uh, it's got a Rotax uh, engine in the back, uh, pushing it along and, you know, kind of sips gas. And so it's a great um, boat. It's, it's a great so boat. Uh, <laughs> it's a two seat. It's a great two seat boat. That is $400,000. Um, oh. but you do, uh, first of all, since you mentioned that, do you remember at the first, at the first Oshkosh when this showed up and when they were taking deposits with the original, um, price was because i kind of do i think it was under 200 125 yeah i i was gonna say i was gonna say 119 or 129 so yeah yeah well (laughs) today it's 400k um 
it's it's a and it's like a four hundred thousand dollar two seat jet ski. Yeah, um, everything is a little bit unusual. the The panel is non standard. Um, you know, of course, they don't bother with any IFR instrumentation because it's a it's a yeah. day VFR plane. It doesn't even have light you know, lights. Um, yeah. Uh, and they uh, so so the panel is is a little bit unusual. It took a bit of getting used to. You know, it's got a VFR GPS in it, uh, of course, uh, because why would you put an extra twenty thousand dollars into a, a certified you know, instrument certified GPS in this plane. Um, but, uh, it, it's a remarkably clean panel. Um, we gassed up and, you know, took off and the plane, it, it's a very gentle, easy to fly airplane. I think, you know, they've really targeted it toward non-pilots, which I think is probably not a, not a bad idea. Um, it, it, that's a little bit of a backhanded compliment, I guess, but it's, you know, for the money, what you get is a, is a very fun, easy to fly airplane. Um, are you but, saying it could just barely kill you? Uh, well, apparently it can do more than just barely kill you, but there is, there is evidence of that. Yeah. They try not to talk about that as much. Um, you know, it, it has things like it has a it has the whole aircraft ballistic recovery systems parachute on board, and he's like, yeah. So the minimum altitude for firing that is seven hundred feet AGL, and you never fly these things above five hundred feet AGL <laughs> because you just take off and fly over the water. Um, they've never had a pull, um, but uh, you know we took off. Uh, we got it in the air. He demonstrated, you know, it, it's, it's very spin resistant. Um, it's, it's got an incredibly tight turning radius, which I found, uh, which was really interesting. But then I started paying attention to the, the airspeed indicator, which isn't like, I don't know. It didn't look like a normal airspeed indicator like to a me. Car speedometer. It's it, yeah, exactly. they set it up like a car, right? Yeah, it looks much much more like a car speedometer, and so it took me a little is, is while. Is it knots to get or miles per hour? It's knots. Okay, um, but where I I think all of the airspeed indicators I've ever looked at, they zero is at the twelve o'clock position. In this thing, zero is at the seven o'clock position, like a car. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. it it takes them like little things like that. Um, kind of put me off a little bit because I just, I had to stop and look at the instruments to try to read them. Whereas normally I don't have to think real hard about an airspeed indicator. Um, the altimeter was, was normal. Uh, but the airspeed indicator was, was kind of strange. Um, but you know, they, they demonstrated it's very easy to fly. Um, but the cruise speed is, well, I was going to say the cruise speed we were flying at was about 75 knots. Uh, but that was also with the doors off. And I think with the doors on, it gets into like the 90 knot range. So you can, you can go a little bit further, uh, a little bit faster with it, but you know, it, it's really a blue skies, you know, 
kind of really nice weather airplane. I don't think it's really, you know, it, when the, when the water gets white capping, you really don't want to mm. be on it. Um, so it, it's very purpose built to be essentially a, a jet ski with wings. Um, and they, they talk about that, you know, it, it really is a purpose built aircraft. Um, and that, that purpose is to have fun and it's a blast. Like I, I want to just, you know, with the doors off your, your butt is right down basically at the water line. Um, it does a nice job of keeping the water out of the plane, but you're, you know, you're right down there. Um, it was very, very easy to take off, to fly, to, to put it back on the water again. Um, uh, you fly the AOA, it's got an angle of attack indicator, right? right up at the top. And if you just fly the angle of attack indicator, you can uh, very easily bring the plane down and, and land it just, you know, it's much more gentle than any uh, sort of traditional land aircraft that I've worked with. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, I flew it around. Michelle took a turn. She flew it around. We both thought it was an absolute blast. And we both concluded that in our personal situation, we could do other things with $400,000. Mm. <laughs> um, but I'm really grateful. I, it, it was a fantastic opportunity. I'm really glad we took advantage of it. Um, we we took part of a of a Saturday and uh, it was a beautiful beautiful day. You know there was probably three or four knots of wind, uh, so you could take off or land in whatever direction you wanted. And it's, speaking of that, is that uh, your first time um, PIC in a seaplane? It is, yeah, and it, I'm pretty sure it's my first time ever in a seaplane. Okay, um, I wasn't technically PIC uh, because okay. the, well, yeah. the instructor, but uh, it was the first time I've done any. I think I've, it's the first time I've been in one, but it's certainly the first time I've been at the stick. Um, it is a stick. It's a, it's very easy to fly. Uh, like I said, it's, you just, you know, two fingers on the stick, um, very light, easy controls that it's quite forgiving. Um, and you know, you never really worry too much about a crosswind landing when you're going onto the water. Um, you, I don't even know if you bother with crosswind correction on a flying boat. Uh, if you, lined oh. up not in line with the runway it would just skid a little bit and straighten out yeah when i when i flew uh husky on floats out in lake washington and seattle that was the beauty of it right just which way is the wind coming okay go into it that's your runway you know it doesn't matter right as long as you've got enough <laughs> enough lake uh that'll yeah, work fine that direction right there's almost no reason to do a, a crosswind landing if you don't have to in a seaplane which is kind of the beauty of it yeah, if if your lake is big enough, you can you can do do it however you want. Um, curiously, Lake Minnetonka has a rule that they don't allow seaplanes on Saturdays after uh, once Memorial Day weekend happens. So they were pulling the pulling up and heading out after, and so they're the period during which they could do these these flights in Minnesota is pretty limited because we had ice on the water well into April. Oh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you did have yeah, you did have quite the winter, that's for sure. I don't know if that's April is normal for you guys to be that cold that long, but 
it's pretty typical the being horrendous yeah the winter yeah. was rough but um but we usually have ice at the beginning part of april and sometimes occasionally it'll go into may Oof. okay well so, cool so, to, to have that opportunity and just that email or that mail show up out of the blue that is cool that was fun what was that mark I was just going to ask the post Memorial Day. Is that just because there's so much uh, boat activity out there? Exactly. Yeah it it becomes a zoo. Uh, the season is so short that everybody with a boat just wants to be on the water on the weekend, and the they eventually just said nope, no, no uh, amphibious aircraft, or I shouldn't say that, no seaplane activity on Saturdays. There are a bunch of folks who have houses on the lake who have seaplanes that they keep at their house and then fly north to the cabin in the woods. But I guess they just leave on, on Friday or Sunday then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. That's pretty awesome. That was a ton of fun. Um, and uh, how's, uh, how's, how's Michelle c- coming with her uh, training? You know, she's doing great. She has finished her short and long cross countries. Uh, she's got about point, what is it? Point six, I think, of uh, hood time to do. And then just practicing her maneuvers and she's ready for the check ride. Um, we've been actually this evening, we were, we were doing some practice oral stuff. She's got an oral prep guide and... So I've been quizzing her out of that and just going over all of the the goofy rules and regs and what they might ask you on a check ride and or on, you know in the oral part of the check ride and uh, bringing her up to speed on all of that fun stuff and kind of saying, look, not all of this did I? I mean, I memorized a bunch of this stuff for the sake of the check ride, but I didn't really learn most of it until I'd been flying for a little while. And then I went, Oh, that's why that's important. Um, (laughs) and then I got real motivated, but for the love, for the life of me, I cannot remember the light gun signals. Oh yeah. (laughs) I don't just can't. That's why they're written down on knee boards. Yeah. Every knee board I've ever had has had that. Um, and I don't ever actually remembering it, it, getting a test question on it, although I'm sure I could have. And I think it's embedded in Forflight too, because Forflight gives you the like far aim. I think is embedded, and there's a few other things so you can like get it in there too. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, it's one of those things where I could I could probably noodle it out. Um, and like, oh, it's red. I think they want me to leave. Um, or <laughs> I would just go land two. somewhere else. Yeah. It's like it's like one of those like add an emergency checklist that's like light gun signals because you know you're gonna have time <laughs> right to go look it up real quick and figure it out and you know if you can't yeah, rule it out because I mean for the most part green red yeah I think I can figure that out <laughs> I can figure that out and if I'm low on gas I, it's an emergency and I'm just gonna land anyway so meh. yeah there you go. Uh, well, cool. Um, keep us, uh, keep us updated. Looking forward to, uh, hearing, uh, that she's, uh, all done with that and is a newly minted pilot here pretty soon. Yeah. Maybe by Oshkosh. I, the challenge right now is that the, 
it's it's a little bit of a tale. The we work with a woman who does the upholstery in the planes, and she's retiring. And we convinced her to do two more aircraft. And the two aircraft that she's reupholstering are the two aircraft that Michelle flies. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. So one of them's out, and then it'll come back, and the other one will go out. And of course, when there's only one trainer available uh, at at Crystal then we've run into problems of there's lots of student pilots that are vying for time in that aircraft. And you picked summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not well, it, it the wasn't a winter when nobody could fly anyway. <laughs> exactly. Which is when we've always done it before, but she's retiring. So we yeah. had to kind of make You're hay stuck. while the sun was shining. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, nice. Uh, so you're getting some, uh, some new interiors put in, huh? You got, um, what, what are, is it uh Cherokee or Archer? Is that what it is? One, uh, oh, one warrior and one archer are getting yeah. the interiors redone and we go through them. Um, I think uh, the warrior probably flat. Well, it definitely flies the most and we probably get s- seven or eight years out of an interior uh, before yeah. it needs to get redone. And that's just because it flies probably 700 hours a year. Okay. Wow. 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 There's no moss growing underneath those wheels. Not at all. It, it, uh, oh, and it actually, it was also down. That's right. She was going to fly it the other day, and a CFI who was working on his double eye, um, he was doing a pre flight. And, uh, you know, he's getting ready to go out with a, with another instructor and he's pre-flighting the plane. And he noticed that one of the bolts that controlled the steering on the nose wheel had sheared off and that was bad. Um, and it's some, you know, wacky custom bolt that of course they don't have lying around at the FBO. Uh, so at the repair spot. So that put it down for a little while and then it went in for upholstery. So it's just been, Michelle's a little frustrated with the, <laughs> with the, with the way that fate has the hand that, that she's been dealt by fate, but you know, it's going to happen. I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I bet with uh, the amount of uh, flying that those planes get on, you got, well, yeah, you guys are you guys are under any kind of commercial restrictions when it comes to TBO. Oh, I gotta I gotta overhaul the engine right now. No, uh, we run by policy ten percent over TBO, and then and then just send it in. Oh, okay. So you still have a number with that. So we it could, it could not be making metal. It could not be burning oil. But here's here's my deal, huh? Yeah, and I think we hit about. We we fly so much that and we overhaul the engine so often that we've got interesting numbers on it. I think we hit TBO about 80, 85% of the time, or the TBO plus 10%, 2,100 hours, about 85% of the time. And then the other 15% of the time, the engine starts making metal on its own, or you know, a cylinder has issues or something like that. We've we've rarely had total engine failures um we've had a uh more than our fair share of prop strikes uh <laughs> mooney and those yeah the mooney had a couple and uh, uh recently somebody taxied one of the planes into a fence because he wasn't 
you know, he's looking in the back seat for something. And uh, so there's some, uh, and then the occasional tow bar gets left on uh, and then they turn the key. So there's, Yikes. there's some of that that happens that are, those are teardowns. Yeah. If they're close to TBO, we just have them do the overhaul. Yeah. Yeah. I am uh, not looking forward to that day uh, on the arrow. Yeah, turbochargers are cheap. Jeez. We're, so yeah, we got the TSIO 360 um, in the in the Turbo Arrow, and we're at coming up on 1500 hours um, on that engine. So we're getting close to TBO on it. Um, we send out the oil for the oil analysis every oil change. We do oil changes at 25 hours. Ooh. Um. So and there, we we're not, it's not making metal yet. Um, we, there, we have a, a minor oil leak, um, coming from, uh, I think, uh, valve covers. Um, so we've replaced several of the valve cover gaskets with, uh, newer, better gaskets. Uh, but, uh, and which has reduced that, but there's still one that's leaking somewhere cause, um, we're having to put like a quart in every, well, a half a quart to a quart every like five or six hours. Yeah, you're getting probably blow by from the rings. Might be, might be. And we just had the uh, we just had the annual done, and uh, it, it came out. I was I was ready for. Oh my gosh! Okay, here we go. Because Franz, it's the same engine that's in the Mooney. It's the same engine that he's right. got in the in the Mooney. So, and I know I know that like. Every year, you know, he's into a several thousand dollar bill or whatever. And, and anyways, we, all of our compressions were 70 or above 70, 70 was on the low side. It was mostly 72s and 74s. So, yeah. So anyways, I'm, uh, we've got about 40 grand sitting in our kitty for the, the engine fund when it comes Reserve. to time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, that won't come close to getting an engine. Um, it'll, it'll, it'll come real close to getting you, uh, an overhauled one, uh, but a new one's like 65 grand and that's, yeah. that doesn't include installation, right? So it's just for the engine in a crate. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't know. We don't, I don't know that we've ever hung a brand new engine maybe once. Yeah. Um, because the other one like ate itself, mm-hmm. but, uh, or we had, we did do one there was something really funky that happened where we, they didn't have the exact engine and we got an STC and put a different in um, because it was going to be available four months sooner. And uh, so we're like, okay, we'll pay an extra, whatever thousand dollars for the STC for the paperwork. And then we'll hang a, a different engine on it. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not uh, not looking forward to whenever that day happens. I'm hoping that we can get, like you say, 10% or even maybe longer past TBO on this um, if everything kind of st- stays the course. It flies plenty to where everything stays lubricated. Um, so I think that's a big help versus yeah. ones that sit around and start having problems. So, um, Speaking about it, we uh, are... Uh, um, one of our other owners just uh, sold his portion of the plane, and unfortunately, it was uh, Clay, uh, who's uh, who was our you know CFII slash A and P. 
So boo to you, Clay. I know he's a listener. So <laughs> <laughs> that's harsh. I know. I just give him a hard time. No, it's okay. Uh, he, uh, he, he's still gonna, he's still gonna, uh, take care of me for my, uh, instrument training. And, uh, and in fact, he's doing instrument training, uh, currently with, uh, the new, uh, the new owner. So, um, yeah, the, the new guy, um, I, I guess, you know, was really interested in the plane and, uh, but he only had at the time, I think it was 80 hours total time. I think it was what it was. 80 hours. Yeah. Or maybe it was 70. It was either 70 or 80 hours. Newly minted pilot, you know, roughly. Right. Um, and um, didn't have his instrument done yet. And um, But uh, he, he wanted it. He wanted it. And the insurance company said, you know, 100, 150 hours minimum is what we want. So he's like, all right, hold on to it. And uh, he just went and flew every day or whatever. It racked up another 70, 80 hours. In the meantime, uh, became part of a club that had an arrow. So he ended up having arrow time. Oh, nice. Uh, got his 150 and bam, you know, all done. So very serious guy about flying, obviously. So that uh, that made me happy. Um, and uh, so now we got a new guy in the club. And uh, me and him both are, are getting started with our instrument training and and he's been going up in the evening with uh, with Clay. I'm still working. I, I want to get through most of my book work first. And I, I just kind of got started on that um, a few weeks ago. And I'm using uh, Gold Seal. I don't know if any, either, any of you guys have ever used them for uh, ground school stuff. But uh, pretty good. I think the, the nice thing about it was that you, it, when you sign up, it goes, hey, who's your flight instructor? And I put in my flight instructor. And he had used Gold Seal, which is one of the reasons why I'm using it. And he can see my progress as I'm going through it. And he can see anywhere that I'm having area uh, problem areas whenever I'm doing my practice tests and stuff like that. So learning of, all those NDB approaches. I'm not even there yet, dude. Yesterday, I'm I'm getting ready to like throw my book at the at the computer as I'm as I'm trying to understand. <sighs> Um, altimeter settings in a whole different light, basically. On, I never thought about it the way they're explaining it. Um, and 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 just like, oh, you're, you know, okay, you're at, uh, you're in the flight level, so you're two nine nine two. Okay, great. You come down to land, but you forgot to reset your altimeter to the current field setting of three zero four six or whatever it is. Um. What should your altimeter read if the uh, if the field elevation is this or whatever? So you quickly do a little math problem and you're like, oh well, it should say you're you know whatever it is negative 206 feet in the ground or whatever, you know. Um, some of that's the easier part of it, but some of the other stuff was just understanding the diff- what your altimeter is doing, uh, high pressure versus low pressure, um, density altitude, and and so forth. So uh, it's I feel like I didn't I learn some of this and why don't I remember it the same way? I just got mad at myself because I didn't get a good score on the test like I expected. So having to redo stuff that I expected I should already know. <laughs> it's not like you're doing that every time you fly in your head. I, I know. <laughs> you know, just tell me the number. I'll dial it in. That's all I need to know. I mean, the, the key there, right? Like what you really need to know is, is it going to be less or more, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the, what is the, you know, 
level of inaccuracy that's going to happen there and how much is it going to kill you <laughs> how much is it going to kill you just a little bit high to you low know, look out barely. below man that's, that's right yeah that's your rule yeah. mm-hmm. so a little a little frustrated i i uh i i, I should have got this done way earlier so i could just get to the flying and i could start doing the flying now but i really want to get most of this out of the way and be able to use some of what i've learned in the reading and apply it to uh the the real world flying piece too i don't you know like they say the cockpit's the worst place to be you know trying to learn something at but we'll see how it goes i just need to get on it i was uh, you know i remember back when i was doing my primary how excited i was to even stay studying about it and stuff and and like the excitement's done (laughs) i was like i'm not excited for this i want to do it i just have a hard time motivating myself to do it now you have an airplane that you can fly whenever you want (laughs) yeah i know right i i need i need someone to just whisper that to me occasionally you know you know what just look at that insurance payment and and just like hang it up there in front yeah. of you every time you're, you're having right. those doubts and be like, oh yeah, that's the I motivator. Pay that that's the motivator. <laughs> do I want to pay two thousand more dollars than the rest of the guys next year, or do I want to be the same? That's what I got to get to. Yeah, at least right. you probably. Split, well, I guess he was saying you're going to split it, but then if the other guy gets uh, gets his instrument and you don't, then oh, I'll be pissed. No, I've, yeah. So I've, now now you just got to race them. That's it. Yeah, there you go. That's all. <laughs> yeah. So, oh man. So, um, John, you went, uh, you went flying a little bit a few times. I saw, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I went up twice since our last recording. I did, um, I did like an hour and, uh, 1.3 or something back in April, which was just a currency thing by myself. Mm. Um, went over the Eastern shore, just kind of putzed around in the morning, came back, went to work. It was, uh, it was a those nice are, day. Those are fun. The morning before work type of deal. Yeah, I I actually did skip my morning meeting. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not. I'm not going to make it back in time. I'm too busy uh, over here on the Eastern Shore, just hanging out. Um, <laughs> it, it was a beautiful day, like just clear, nice, smooth. It was fantastic. Um, so so that was good. And then Memorial Day weekend, actually, I I went up again and. It was, uh, we had a, f- uh, usually what we do in Memorial Day weekend is we go to my grandparents on the Eastern shore. They live in, um, Cambridge, Maryland. And so they're right on the, um, uh, like on the bay side on the Eastern shore, but on the bay. And we usually go down there, hang out, eat crabs. Cause we can get free crabs just by catching them in the, in the Creek, which is nice. Um, Creek crabs, my favorite. Yeah, no, it's uh, now you look at how much they cost. Oh, um, dude! And you realize that you can go out for a morning for three hours on the boat and get four dozen. But <laughs> anyway, wish. it was uh, usually we do that, but we had a family um, family graduation party that happened on Saturday, and we we're like, well, you know, we got to go do that. So I was like, so we're not going to come down, or I was going to come down Saturday night um and stay until monday morning but usually um my son goes down for the whole weekend and my mom would just pick him up take him down like a little early and it'd be fine um but she had to go down early because both of my cousins were graduating college so it ended up being like she wasn't able to take him down so we were going to have the kid the whole weekend and i was like well you know what instead of 
him just staying with us and going to this party he doesn't even want to go to. I was like, why don't I just fly him down to Cambridge and just have my mom pick him up at the airport and drive him the 15 minutes to their house. So plan for that. Hope the weather turned out and it did. It was gorgeous. And um, so I, I threw his suitcase in the back Loaded him up. We flew for about an hour down to Cambridge. We kind of putzed around for a little while, flew over their house, kind of did like a little circle at like 1500 feet or whatever, and then kind of went in to the, uh, to the airport from there. And, uh, it was great. Um, dropped him off and then went back without anybody in the other seat, which was kind of weird. I've only done that one other time with Damon, but, um, it was a good, it was a good flight. He, uh, he enjoys it. He really likes, he gets excited. Um, going up nice. so he uh, he didn't want to fly um because i kept asking him he's like no i'm good he's mm. like i do want to stay up you know he kind of was like i want to stay up for a little while longer so that's why we, we prolonged it a little bit and just kind of putzed around and just kind of flew around and then he finally was like all right let's go <laughs> um it was weird though because i was hoping we could get dinner but they closed the restaurant at the airfield um they closed back in january apparently and that was a great little restaurant that was there so we landed and there's like just nobody there. <laughs> like the radio was just, I mean, there was a ton of people up at all the other airports on the frequency and nobody was at the airport we were going to. And I kept like thinking like, am I not hearing somebody? Like, <laughs> am I missing something? Like, am I on the right frequency? <laughs> but no, just nobody was there. Um, I think there was one plane that came in when I was taken off. Is there a note on my shut of red? <laughs> yeah, no, it was nothing. It was just like, okay, this is just kind of weird. Um, and I mean, I landed after the airport, you know, the, the FBO was closed. Um, cause I think we got down there just after six or something, but no, it worked out. Um, uh, my, my mom brought me dinner. I had that just kind of sitting there <laughs> on the <laughs> ramp next to the plane and then <laughs> loaded myself back in and took off. So uh, it was a nice flight back home. Just kind of me and the plane again. Um, got to got to actually uh, put it away outside the hangar for the first time. I had done that before, so it was like, oh yeah, I got to I got to put on the um, you know, it's bubble canopy and everything. So they got the whole cover that goes over top. So I had to do all that stuff. But uh, RV twelve, nah. right? Yep, RV twelve. So. Do they, great. Is, is that a thing where they, if you, if you come back after they're closed, you just put it outside on the ramp or something? No, they keep moving them around. So kind of like every time oh. you show up, it's kind of like, okay, where's the plane? And so they have like a <laughs> little whiteboard that has like where each plane is. Okay. Um, I know it's more in the winter. It's more critical just because they're doing a lot of like preheating depending on stuff. Um, Cause they have the hangers have plugs in them. And there's a, there's a couple of plugs outside, but not, not, you know, as, as reachable. So they're kind of shuffling everything around, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I'm, I'm definitely feeling a lot more comfortable in that airplane now. <laughs> Good. So. Well, it's nice to always hear that you're, uh, you're back up at it, um, again, and it's more, more regular for you. Yeah. I've kept the 60 day currency so far. No problem. So I'm, uh, I forget what I am on the year now. I mean, I've, there you 10.8 hours now in the last 12 months, which is probably the most I've done since I, well, maybe not that one year that I did first flight and New York in the same year. But aside from that year, that's probably the most I've done since I got my certificate. So. Well, 
Just keep at it. Yeah. Little by little. So fun stuff. Excellent. Well, excellent. I got to plan another flight here soon. Any chance you went flying, Mark? That would be a hot no. I wish. I, I wish. I, I Honestly, the project that I've been working on at work in Hong Kong has occupied every hour of my working time. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm glad it's finally starting to wrap up. So maybe I can find some, some free time in the near future. <clears throat> yeah. We have a, uh, they took the, they took the one, uh, Cirrus off the line up at the flight school. It's actually, it's actually been a while, but, um, they picked up, I thought two, but I, I just looked at the list and there's only one on there now, but they picked up, uh, uh, a DA 40. Oh, fun. So I may go get, and it's a G1000, so I'm completely comfortable in that. I'm So I may go get checked out in that um, and then uh, maybe do some local stuff. And then my uh, my youngest and her and her husband moved up to uh, the Boise area um, last year. Yeah, last year. And uh, they have a, they have their airport is like three miles from their house. So I may, uh, I may, Ooh, there's a reason stretch its legs and nice. go to see my daughter and in, in their house. And they've been doing a lot of work on their new, on their new ish house, new to them. Um, but, uh, I do go up and see them. And so that's always a good excuse. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but otherwise now I've, I've done no flying. I I'm watching you fly. And then I saw the formation video <laughs> talk about, and I'm like, Oh, so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. That that's what that's what hit me. I was like, I need to go fly. I really do. So anyway. Diamond's nice too, man. Those things are my my only concern is the head clearance because of the it's got the clamshell and I don't know how much head clearance is in there. Although the, the owner of the okay. school the owner of the school, which is a flat friend of mine, says that I shouldn't have any problem fitting in there. Um they've got a couple of they've got a couple of really tall people that rent it and uh one guy, I guess, is like six five, and he has plenty of room. So I was like, okay. Yeah, I had uh, my um, friend who's an instructor who checked me out in the DA twenty, uh, the smaller one. Um, he's over over six, and he was perfectly fine in that in the twenty. So I'm sure the forty is even yeah even more room. They were actually flying over my house uh, last weekend. And I, I'm like, I see you're, you're just taunting me now. <laughs> so <laughs> come fly with us. <laughs> exactly. I, 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 it'll be weird. Not, not flying the, the other airplane because they still have the other ones. They've got a pair of arrows. They're, they're older and have seen some better days, but they fly solid. Um, they still have the, the one that I learned in the, the, um, the Cherokee. So it got a new it got a new paint job a couple of years ago. So it actually looks really nice now. So we'll nice. see. It is weird flying a plane for so long and then going and switching and then flying another one. <laughs> That's yeah. like very different because um, not flying the one seventy two now. It's like I think back to it. I'm like, man, it's such a different airplane. <laughs> the uh, the flight school actually has they've got a they've got a. A 150, a couple of 172s, a 182 RG. Um, and I've flown the 172, and it, it is, like that, like you say, it's completely different. You're like, I'm used to the Cirrus. I, I've gotten spoiled. 
either <laughs> flying the, the 20 or the 22. And, and then yeah. I've, I've got to fly Keith's and I'm spoiled. I'll admit it in a heartbeat. And then you go like, what do you mean I have to fly steam gauges? What What is this stuff? It doesn't have <laughs> air conditioning? No air, right? What is this, the dark ages? <laughs> So, so yeah, I need to, I need to, I guess maybe refocus a little bit and go, yeah, yeah, yeah at least you're flying. So. Yeah. Great. I felt the other way. Cause the RV 12 just has nothing in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, there isn't even like a backup set of gauges. It's like, you've got the one Dynon in the one plane and if that thing goes out. Like, I mean, that's it. Does it have a single radio? Just one radio uh, with a flip flop. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Right? It's a single. When I when I flew some uh, light sport um, a while back with a friend of mine, it just had one. So, yeah, it made doing certain things a little tasking, you know, because you know where you took you might have you know ATIS on the next airport that you're coming up. You, you're, you're on radio with somebody and you're looking for ATIS for the next airport you're going to go to. So you got it on standby or you got it on the other radio. So you put it up to listen while you're on talk on the other one. And yeah, that's you know. It, we, we do what we call the the valley tour where we're hopping from one airport to the next i mean that gets a little bit difficult when you got airports that have over overlapping overlapping deltas you know it, yeah i mean as long as you're prepared and you have the 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 you know frequencies easy to bring up it's yeah. not really that bad like i don't really notice it too much that's um, almost when you need a good handheld yeah just to pick up atis at least but just in case also yeah y- yeah exactly Remember those light gun signals? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Brad, back to you. What's what you've uh, other than uh, other than the uh, IFR weather with uh, the smoke uh, filled uh, airport at the point at this point, uh, you've had some uh, had some chance to go flying in the last few months. I have. Uh I did a bunch of instrument work uh, in actual in gosh, that was in April. Um, it was a nice, a nice IFR day with, you know, 900 or 800 foot ceilings. Um, and I just went and drilled a bunch of patterns, uh, or a bunch of, uh, approaches and, uh, and a hold. Um, I think I still need two more, uh, to get my six, but I banged out a bunch of them and then came in and landed. Uh, and then we had a, a house guest over Memorial day weekend and, for her first flight in a little airplane and uh, just tootled around, you know, we kind of go around the the big Bravo airport and look at stuff on the ground. Uh, But then we stopped at St. Paul, uh, which is not the big airport. It's just one of the towered reliever airports around the big airport. And um, they have a restaurant on the field. And so we taxied over to the restaurant and, parked the plane and got out and went in and uh, had dessert, which was, which was kind of fun um, to do and uh, had dessert and, you know, a little bit of, I don't remember what dessert was um, and got in the plane and, and made it the rest of the way home. And that uh, I think that's been the lump sum of my flying lately. It's been, uh, it's been a very quiet 2023 so far. Is that a class Charlie over there? No, uh, there are no Charlies in this, in the entire state. Of Get out this. of here. Yeah, no, we've got, we have seven towered airports. We've got the Bravo and six deltas. What? 
for the whole state? Yeah. Well, it, we have 139 airports, so there's just a lot of well, yeah. class echoes and golfs. Yeah. Wow. Had no idea. Okay. Yeah, it's uh So St. Paul it's like not not is it it's, so it's not a regional hub or something. No, no, they don't do any air okay, carrier cool. there. Okay. They do have private jets uh yeah. are based there and they have some I think they have some Apaches or not Apaches, what's the other attack helicopter? Blackhawks. Blackhawks. They have some Blackhawks there. Um but uh but other than that it's just, you know, one form of GA or another private or I guess, I think they do some air charter too, so 135 and, and 91. Mm. And that's it. So yeah, no, it's uh we don't we don't have a ton of traffic outside of the the big one, uh, the big airport. Gotcha, gotcha. There's only 122 Class C airports in the United States, and California has 11 of them. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Well, uh, I mean, the only uh, our only C is Tucson, but uh, it's always fun to run down you there have two. and mix it up. Tucson and Davis Monthan Air Force Base in Tucson. Well, I ain't landing at the Air Force Base, so it's classy. Once, <laughs> yeah. So a bunch of these classies are air uh, bases. So, hmm. and Davis Monthan's right next door to Tucson. They, um, it's funny. You you go down to Tucson to shoot approaches and have fun or whatever, and you'll end up having a C-130 on your ass or an F-16 or a Southwest 737 or an A-10. <laughs> you never know what's coming up behind you that they're going to ask you to uh, sidestep for them a little bit so they can get as you're bug smashing. What's funny, Duluth has F-16s uh, at a guard base and and we, Aiden and I were flying up there one time and we had to stay out of the Delta because the F-16s were doing pattern work. <laughs> huh. And so we just buzzed around for a little while and saw Duluth and then they're like, okay, we're done. You can come on in. Huh. That was odd. Yeah. It, it was, it was recommended or it was like, no, we don't want you here. Stay it was, out. you can't come in. Okay. <laughs> All right. It kind of reminds me of that, uh, of that audio I heard, uh, and you've probably heard it too, of the guy that was told that, hey, don't come, don't come into this MOA. It won't be a good, good time for you. And, and the guy's like, look, from what I understand, uh, I'm allowed in, uh, and it's a shared airspace at this point, and there's nothing that should be keeping me out there. And the guy's like, look, I'm just telling you, the ATC was like, look, I'm just telling you, we were told keep everyone out. And he goes, all right, I'm going to go ahead and stay out, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and check in on this when I get back onto the ground and we'll be back to you about that. So I think the guy's right. Illegally he's allowed in, but uh, you know, they're doing, uh, they're doing fast moving operations and they didn't want, they didn't want to deal with small traffic. So if you're talking to ATC and they tell you to stay out, you're bound by 91, whatever it is, one, 22 or whatever that says you have to obey any instruction from ATC. Um, if you're not talking to ATC, you can drive right in. <laughs> and hopefully all the way through it and back and, out. And I'm sure Got everything will be just fine. Yeah. 
what could possibly go wrong? Um, well, cool. That's awesome. Um, I've uh, I've been doing my fair share of of, of flying. You, um, I've did about a little over twenty hours so far this year. Um, I'm feeling feeling comfortable inside the arrow at this point as far as as far as uh, VFR flying. Uh, we'll see how that goes as I start my instrument training. Because you know what, it, the um, it's got it's got a Garmin 530 and a 430 in there, and I've never tried to even set up a flight plan past you know direct to next airport or whatever. So there'll be a lot of learning how to how to use that uh, with with all the functions that it can really do. Um, so that's one thing that I really on top of learning the syllabus or whatever for getting your, your, your instrument rating, just learning um, more of the functions of, of the actual hardware that's, that's on the plane too. Can you share flight plans to it? No, no, uh, you can't. <laughs> I didn't know which ones. No, you it. can. There's, there's an add on called a flight stream that you can add to a Garmin mm-hmm. 530 and 430. They're not super expensive. Um, but we're not going to do it. It's, it's, it's a few hundred dollars and it's just a, something that snaps onto the back of this thing. And, and then yeah. you can, you can from your iPad, um, Bluetooth it right over to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, we don't have it, but that'd be nice. Wouldn't it? Yeah. The Dynon has it, but it works half the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At the time, it just doesn't even show up as an option in four flight, even though it's connected. <laughs> yeah. It, it's really a bit of a, with IFR flying too, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, it, what, whether or not it has all the same up to date waypoints and stuff that you have it in there, and the exact order that you have it. N- no, it's usually just you'll get a clearance, and oh. the clearance will be something. And the but the only reason they give you an audio uh, a clearance on the ground is for lost comms. So it doesn't necessarily bear any relationship to what you're going to fly anyhow. Yeah. Uh, so you, you spend all this time dialing it in and then you take off and you're like, <laughs> proceed direct. Um, yeah. You can take out those, <laughs> take out those seven yeah. waypoints in between. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it's not, I actually found it to be nicer for VFR flying because my VFR flight plans tend to be, more Stable. complicated missions. Um, yeah. You know, cause it's like, Oh, we're going to go fly around this thing and look at that thing on the ground and, and avoid this obstacle and whatnot. But for IFR, it's like, I'm just going where they tell me to go. Um, so I get, I think if I flew like IFR where, where John is on the coast or, you know, in, in the SoCal area, I'd probably like it a lot more <laughs> because they're going to give you, <laughs> longer more complicated instructions or if i was flying arrivals like um we don't have there there are almost no sids or stars standard instrument departures or standard terminal arrival routes um here for ga uh so you know the the stars for getting into minneapolis start in north dakota at twenty five thousand feet and they just don't assign them to little piston planes. So I haven't had to mess with that. But I think if I was flying somewhere where you did, uh, or if I was flying equipment that, that needed it, I'd probably like that feature some more. 
and just about the time I get used to this, you watch uh, there'll be some some sort of uh, meeting, and someone will want to change out the avionics. I mean, at least with a lot of them, like when you learn, if you stick with the same company, like if you learn the Garmin way, like it, yes, it might be different, but like there's still like a methodology to certain types of avionics. So like, at least you you would know the language, you know, I was surprised at, yeah, at how consistent the 430 was all the way to the G1000. Mm-hmm. Um, the G1000 obviously has a bunch more functions, but the basic, all of the basic buttonology that I learned with the 430 works um, all the way up to the G1000s. Yeah. That's yeah, really helpful. Yeah, it's nice to keep it consistent when it comes to that, to where you're not fumbling around. And it, it is what you'd call um, um, somewhat familiar and expected. You, ex- you expect certain things to happen in certain orders. And- yeah, exactly. And then you switch to Dynon, and then everything's just weirdly different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about- no thanks. And should you cross-pollinate, you know, Dynon and some Garmin at the same time? Yeah, that doesn't sound great. <laughs> Dynon's fine. Sure, it's fine for for what it is, and for you know the plane I'm flying, it's great. I don't. Have, I, I'm not even IFR capable. Not that I have an IFR or an instrument rating anyway. So, <laughs> speaking of uh, of flight planning and stuff like that, you hear about the team that did the 48 states in 48 hours in a in a Saratoga. I did hear about that. That is uh. That's quite the feat, honestly. <laughs> Didn't they have to change the oil? Somewhere along the line, you think it would have been a good idea. Now, now the whole idea with it is that they're not going to spend more than like 45 minutes on the ground at any given airport also. Right. So, so quick turns and grab your food. and Yeah. There's yeah. a link about that, by the way, if you guys want to check it out. They ended up finishing it and completing it, and it's a world record, I think. Um uh, two pilots, um, very um, capable, lots of hours. Um, I think one of them's an airline pilot. Um, and God, I'm trying to remember if one of them was an A&P also. Or may, yeah, yeah, I don't remember. But uh, I think that, I, I don't know if that was the case or not. Oh, here's the... Uh, Let's see, uh, Barry, president, primary pilot, uh, director of operations, and second pilot, director of maintenance, Thomas. I think they Flight were just technician. <laughs> I don't know if uh, there was three on the plane or just the two pilots. I think it was just the t- two pilots, onboard A and P. There you go. Yeah, flight coordinator. And that'd be cool. I, I saw their flight plan and they were just, you know, n- and they, and the deal was they were landing at every, they had to do, they had to land at every airport, not just fly over it. So they had, f- they had 48 airports to land at. And some of those, when you get up toward, towards the East coast, like by you, John, you're just, you're just <laughs> hopping from one to the next every like 15 minutes, 20 minutes or so, I guess. It I don't know. does not take long. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say full stop or, yeah. yeah, I yeah. mean, Delaware. Yeah, no need. It, it, I don't know if you if they actually had to stop. Um, 
what 10 minutes per stop yeah, idle, idle 20 minutes per fuel stop shutdown shut yeah yeah i mean like it's funny because you get in the air and then you realize that like i can see pretty much all of delaware yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh you flat earther come on <laughs> yeah what a, what a feat that is i don't think i'll shoot for that i'll just let them keep that one yeah um as far as far as some some highlights to some other flying that i've been doing recently um since the last time we talked uh, my mom came to town, uh, back in, in, uh, March, just after we recorded, I think our last, last, our last episode, um, she came into town. And so I got to take my mom and my wife, uh, up to breakfast in Sedona, um, had, had my, had my mom take the flights, she, or take the uh, controls. She was sitting up front. So I got a few pictures of her, uh, flying us and so she, she thought that was pretty cool. Um, and uh, then after Sedona, we hopped over to Payson to go get a pie because uh, she had saw my pictures of uh, me getting pies from Payson recently. So she goes, oh, let's let's go get one of those. I'm like, yep, no problem. Let's go get a pie. So we hopped over to uh, Payson from Sedona and got a pie and then back over to uh, uh, Deer Valley. Um, was coming in, coming in to land at Deer Valley and there is a a flight of Nan Changs that leave out of Deer Valley and do formation stuff all the time. Um, I think they're called the Rat Pack or something like that. They do air shows, uh, at least local smaller ones or whatever. And uh, anyways, one of them, uh, one of them had a little bit of a problem uh, after he landed with something wrong with his brakes or something. So he was disabled on the runway in front of me. So I had to do a go around and then, depart or just leave the delta uh do a couple of 360s just uh just um north north of the uh deer valley delta and uh and then i was uh sequenced to come back in after they got him pulled off the runway no problem uh, no problem with the airplane with his plane as far as damage or anything i mean he had some sort of brake issue to where i think one side of the brakes was locked up or something and so they had to help uh, tow them off. So, um, then shortly after that, uh, went and got night current, uh, for no particular reason other than I wanted to get night current, which, which turned out perfect because shortly after that, um, like a few days later after I got night current, I took, uh, I took my son-in-law and his dad, uh, Richard and my son-in-law Corey and my my um, granddaughter Grace up to uh, Lake Havasu for dinner, and um, they have a they have a nice restaurant up there. Uh, that's where I went with uh, with Keith. Mark um, was up to Lake Havasu. That's where they always like to do the uh, uh, formation clinic stuff for the Cirrus. Cirrus guys. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. That and that's a that's got to be a or wait. Did you? No, did you come? Did you come all the way from Sacramento to there? Holy crap! What a yeah. Wow.
Yeah. Okay, okay. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it broke broke it up. I mean, I mean it's it's one po I did it was 1.3 um according to according to uh four flight for me for for uh the flight there from Deer Valley, so I bet you it was a good two and a half for you at least. At least, yeah. Um, so, anyways, had uh, had dinner there, and they had a few beverages. I uh, stuck stuck with the uh, root beer, um, <laughs> but uh, took some to go uh, to go beverages. That was uh, that was cool. But it, but it, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. And uh, if if you were uh, able to partake in the beverages, they have a nice bar with a bunch of uh, craft brews that are good. That's what I'm drinking tonight is one of them right now because it's from uh, Hangar 24. That's the name of the uh, um, brewery that's right there. Um, so we had a night flight back to Deer Valley. And I'll just say this. I am so happy to have this autopilot in this plane because it was a no moon night and looking out in front of the airplane and to the left of the air or out the sides i couldn't see a horizon it was so dark because uh, there's so much just blank desert between havasu and phoenix um until i could see the phoenix horizon city lights you know come up i could barely I could barely see a horizon left or left or right. It was difficult. I had to look back over my shoulder a little bit to back to the west to kind of see a horizon. Um, but uh, luckily, the um, luckily the uh, autopilot did a fantastic job. But uh, I would I would have been a little freaked out if it wasn't for that. Um, yeah. Oh, Catalina? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you say so yeah I, I knew at my altitude i was well above any of the mountains around us uh which was nice but it was just difficult to see any kind of um horizon i mean i'd see i'd see the the mountains occasionally and stuff, but uh, there was times where it was it was really difficult. I'd have to say, but uh, so, anyways, that's where that uh, again that instrument rating will come in fantastic later on down the road for sure. Um, and then um, so 
talking about Osh here in a minute. Um, I've got I've got somebody uh, local in Phoenix who's going to fly out to Osh with me. And um, I was talking about having a special guest on one of our episodes, and I'm going to try and get him on with us on our next episode, see if we can knock out one more before Osh. And um, 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 his name's DJ, and and he's in town going to school at ATP out at Williams Gateway Airport. And uh, he's been here for four months so far, and he already has over 500 hours. Yow. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of flying. That seems like a lot. He's got he's got he's got his private, his instrument, his commercial, and he's working on his CFI now, which he'll have done here pretty soon. And um, he's hoping to have his CF double I done by the time uh, Osh rolls around, which would be really nice. Because if he does, I'll uh, I'll I'll throw the foggles on and and uh, get some um, some um, time with him. Um, on our flight to Osh uh, from Phoenix. Either either way, at that point, as long as I've already been uh, started my instrument training, I definitely throw the throw the foggles on and have him um, be my uh, my safety pilot. Either way, I guess. But uh, yeah, so yeah, he's knocking out the hours, um, trying to get to that magic number. He's got a a friend in town that he's like renting his. Cherokee 140 for something like 60 bucks wet. <laughs> I, I, I that might co- that might cover fuel, I guess. I don't know. That's a that's a nice deal to have. So, anyways, um, me and I, I met him and we flew down to Ryan Airfield, which is most of the way to Tucson. Um, we we flew down there because I sold something to somebody who lived in Tucson and turned out the item didn't work right or whatever. And I told them, no problem. I got another one. I'll fly down and swap you out. So they thought that was really cool. So it was a good excuse to go fly and, and meet DJ for the first time. And so we flew down there to a Ryan airfield, swapped that person out with, with what I'd sold them and, um, and flew back and it was a night flight flying back from, from there. So keeping my night currency up, which is great. Um, and then, uh, and then just the other day, last weekend, uh, flew up to, uh, Payson again for breakfast. Uh, took my buddy Dean, who's got the little Cessna 140 that I've told you guys about before. Finally got to take Dean up. And at that same time, Keith, uh, Keith went with us and, uh, flew up formation, uh, behind us in, in a Cirrus. And so that was a lot of fun. Um, Flew into uh, Payson. It was it was pretty busy. Uh, the ramp was full. We had to go to to like the auxiliary overflow ramp area. The ramp in front of the restaurant was all full. Um, and uh, as we are as we're uh, sitting outside waiting to get uh, called in because it was busy, um, one of uh, Dean's hangar neighbor directly across from him happened to show up. He had just he had just flew in in his uh, va- in his van's RV. Um, he's got like a RV four, I think it is. And, uh, so he flew up. So we had, we had breakfast together and then we flew back as a formation of three going home. <laughs> so always a good time. Fun. Yeah. The formation stuff. That's a little addicting, huh, Mark? Yeah. Keith, Keith keeps that, keeps inviting me to say, Hey, if you want to join, just let me know. You know, we'd love to have you. We got other planes other than just Cirrus in our group. So. Sounds like a lot of fun. I, I just got other flying that I need to get done out of the way before I 
commit to one other thing, you know? So for sure. Yeah, there's that. There is that. Um, what else going on back in, uh, back in May, uh, went along, went on a vacation, took a little cruise. That was fun. Um, the only notable thing aviation related is I got to see an A380 depart out of Miami. And that was really cool Oof. to see. Yeah. Plane. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was the only geek on the, on the boat as we're like sitting on, just waiting to leave the Harbor out of Miami. And I'm like, Oh shit, look, it's an A380. And I'm pointing to this thing and everybody's like, Oh, whatever. <laughs> I was like, you don't understand. It's really, it's kind of rare. We don't see those where we're at very much. So yeah, it was an air Emirates, uh, A380. So that was pretty cool. Um, Later on in May, I, I flew back to uh, Missouri um, commercial. Thank you, Southwest, uh, to go uh, visit my family for and go and my uh, uh, to go see my niece for her high school graduation. And uh, after we landed, Kansas City Airport had just got a total remake, and it was completely different. Whole new, whole new um, um, uh, terminals and everything. So it was quite different than what I'm used to. Um, but, uh, after we left the uh, airport, um, my mom took me to the Amelia Earhart museum in uh, Kansas, which is kind of was on the way home. So we uh, went through the Amelia Earhart museum and, and saw, um, one of the Lockheed Electra's like, like, like the plane she was flying. And, and it was a nice little museum. That was all there was to it was just that plane and just a lot of the history and stuff like that. And it's on its own little airport that you can come and go from. I don't think a single plane came or went while we were there. It's a very small airport. Not even, I don't think they even have fuel, but they may. So that was kind of cool. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, you guys saw where I hang a rash, the, uh, arrow, right? So I, uh, I was, I was going to, I was taking, um, one of Michelle's friends from her work, her kids on a ride and, uh, we we're at the airport and for whatever reason, I didn't raise the hangar door all the way up. And I go, I'm pulling out the aircraft and I catch the, uh, the tail cone with the light, with the beacon on the top, um, right underneath. I mean, luckily it was up high enough to where it just like caught the rubber seal. Um, but, but it was like, it, it ducked down and went under it and came right out. Um, so I was like, ah, damn it. And, and so the tail, the cone at the top that holds the beacon was just like pushed a little bit to where it rounded out and broke like some of the screw holes. Um, so I uns unscrewed, um, unscrewed all the screws, re uh, assessed where they went, screwed it all back in. It was all nice and tight. The light was fine. And so took them all on a nice little flight uh, over to Lake Pleasant and back and we had fun. Uh, but so I ended up having to buy a new, I told told all the guys I hang a rash the plane and and uh, sent them a picture and whatnot and asked them where to get a new tail cone so that way all the screws were aligned screw holes were aligned properly and there wasn't anything broken on it or whatever so I, I bought a a new knots to you little tail cone piece 
um, which was like 180 bucks or something like that. And another, I don't know, 50 or 75 bucks to paint it. So that kind of sucked. But uh, I, I, I have no idea why I stopped from bringing up the hangar door all the way. I've never done that. But I bet I won't do it again. <laughs> so Yeah, that's no fun. Yeah. The lessons you learn sometimes are expensive. I'm glad I'm glad that was the you know, it wasn't as expensive as what it could have been, I guess. Well, and there's expensive and then there's expensive and in aviation. Yeah. It, 250, you know, $300 is not terrible. <laughs> well, and, and everybody's okay. Yeah. 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 For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. For sure. Uh, uh, what else? Oh, I got to, I got to learn how to update the uh, Garmin 530 and 430 databases. Cause since clay left, I've taken over, uh, handling all of the, uh, logbooks and everything for the aircraft as well as you know the the gps cards for updating the database and stuff on the garmin so that's not as terribly difficult as i thought it might be so that's uh now on my regular to-do list every 28 days or whatever no not too terrible have you done that before brad i have swapped the card but we have uh, uh, we have somebody that manages the logs. We we actually keep all of the logs for the aircraft locked up in a fireproof safe with a big yeah. sticker on the outside that says there's nothing valuable in this fireproof locked safe um, in case somebody <laughs> breaks in and is like wanting to steal something. Like, don't, That's great. don't disappoint yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah. Half the value of what's in this hangar is now in this safe. Right, but they're Literally. no but they're no good without the plane. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not worth stealing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I've I've done the card swaps, and that's always been when I'm gonna be. I've got the plane over the week that the oh, cards need changes. to get swapped. Yeah, that the cycle changes, and so somebody yeah. just tells me, and I put them in there, and ah, uh, okay, that's the end. Of, they log it. Yeah. Well, there's not too much to it. There's this third party. Well, not a, oh, there's a Jeppesen app that you download for your computer and you log into it with your username and password and whatever you've paid for shows up there as here's what you can download and throw onto the cards. And then as far as the card swap, you just take one card out, put the next one in. There's nothing that to go through as far as the menus or whatever to tell it to upload the database because it runs off of it in real time, I guess. Yeah, I think it just runs off the card all the time. It just probably is mapped as a drive inside of yeah. the device somewhere. Um, yeah, it, it's super easy. Uh, once you figure out how to get the card ejected, which took me a little while the first time, <laughs> the little handle that pulls out. Yeah. There's a little handle that pulls <laughs> out that ejects this PCM CIA card from the nineties. Yeah. And- the, the thing that, the thing that's weird too, is when you, there's a, there's a special USB, adapter that it plugs into in order to move the file over onto it and when you plug it into your computer it doesn't show up as another drive it doesn't act like it's a sd card because it's not i guess but it doesn't the computer doesn't see it the only thing that sees it is that app that third-party app from jeppesen oh see and i've never touched it so yeah 
I probably that I don't know. Yeah, weird file system that like <laughs> only right. crap can read. Yeah, yeah, probably I'm the sure. case. So, oh, other than that, I think uh, I think that's uh, pretty pretty up to date for everything going on. Um, really looking forward to Osh, and I think we covered it in last episode, but it's it's uh, just going to be uh, Brad and I. Um, holding down uh, camp bacon for uh, the end of pattern podcast this time. It's killing me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Boo. And now, um, Michelle and Aiden both coming. Uh, yeah. Aiden will be down for John night on Tuesday and, uh, Michelle and I are figuring out when we're going to be there. We'll, I'm sure we'll be there Tuesday and perhaps the rest of the week and we'll figure it out. Gotcha. Well, the plan is for me to depart here uh, with DJ at Oh dark 30, five o'clock in the morning, probably on Saturday. And if all goes well, um, weather permitting and, everything else just the stars aligning i expect us to be trying to land at around 4 p.m local on saturday so we'll see how that goes Woohoo! yeah if you want to follow along november 6071 hotel um we'll uh we'll probably stop somewhere around kansas for a fuel stop is what i'm expecting but we'll see it will be nice to have a uh uh, someone who is uh, um, current with their uh, with their um, IFR with their instrument uh, training, um, in case we need to go that route. So, yeah, if if it looks, my advice is if it looks like it might be IFR three days out, um, you can make Expected. a slot. Uh, oh, you can make a slot reservation. Okay, um, and and you can do it 72 hours out. And if you wait for 71 hours, 59 minutes and 30 seconds, you'll miss it. Uh, so you really need to be on it. And if it's like, it might be IFR, like it, it looks like it could be cloudy. Just take one. Um, so do you do that from EAA's website for air venture? The FAA has a special traffic management program, but EAA will link you to it. I bet you is it is that in the notum somewhere? You would, yeah, I would assume. Okay, I'll go look for that. The, just to make the sure. notice. Yeah, it's not the notum anymore. It's the notice to air missions. They they officially call it the notice. I don't know why. Oh yeah, it does say Oshkosh notice. Yeah, they changed it last year. Well, ask me what I think about that. Yeah, that's, I know. that's another episode. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, uh, Richard and Cindy, um, are, uh, our good friends, uh, will be taking the RV. They've already left on their like 10 week cross country RV adventure They're, I think they were in, uh, in, in, where were they? Uh, they were in the Riverwalk, uh, Texas, uh, where was it? San Antonio yesterday. So do they want to arrive on the 13th of July so that they can keep an eye on the spot? <laughs> well, unfortunately, they're going to get there the same day I'm getting there. I think they've got uh, a whole bunch of spots, um, a whole bunch of uh, different places they're hitting up along the way. So, 
Yeah, that'd be nice, right? Yeah, we're going to need some bodies down there somehow or another. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I uh, Yeah, Larry's uh, not making it again this year. So, um, um, uh, backup, backup Mayor Dan, yeah, we'll yep. be filling in again, I believe. So, yeah. Um, all righty. Well, I think that covers it. It's about time to stick a fork in her. Let's do it. Any shout outs before we finish up? Uh, for me, just to the folks at Icon, thanks for the fun ride. It, it was a blast and uh, I wish everybody tons of good luck. So with that, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Um, and per usual, you can reach all of us at podcast and the pattern podcast.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash in the pattern podcast. And uh, show notes for this episode and other episodes can be found on our website in the pattern podcast.com. Send us any suggestions, comments, critiques. We, uh, we always love to get feedback from our, you know, two listeners or I guess three. Now we have a uh, one from <laughs> Chris's previous <laughs> owner. Um, and with that, we're going to wrap up episode 87 of the In the Pattern podcast. Remember, make left traffic. You're clear for the option. <laughs>